Street Fighters, welcome to the show. It's Wednesday night, time for your Street Fight. I hope you're having a great time. We're here live on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube recording the show. If you can't make it, you can listen to it as a podcast. That's how we got started. Um, but we also love to hear from all y'all in the chat. Zora, Macau, hey, how's it going? Thanks for being here. Uh, my name is Brett. My co-host is Brian. We're Street Fight Radio, number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And uh, been working hard on TV show stuff recently, uh, nailing things down, working on getting a shoot schedule together, and uh, getting that ticket for Nick from Means to fly out here and get this thing done. Uh, if you want to support the show, Head to patreon.com slash streetfightradio. You get bonus audio, bonus video. There's an archive of zines available. And at some point, some streams from me uh, as I get my life together and figure out a better schedule. Uh, thank you for being here. How's it going, Brian? Uh, I thought you were going to say mailing things. Mail, like mailing things instead of mailing it down. Uh-huh. For the TV show. We're fucking mailing it in, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's a positive thing right yeah mailing it in um we are really nailing things down somewhat i mean you know it never feels like anything gets done yeah things are getting done things are moving forward not used to working in the real world where like things get done you need deliverables and there's ingests yeah and it's like oh wow okay things are getting done look at that uh yeah yeah how how are you doing How's everything? How's everything in the divorced world? You got? Did you get your first issue of Divorced Magazine? No, that didn't come out. Uh, I don't know. I thought maybe I lapsed. This has got swords on the cover and like you know the football box scores. <laughs> yeah, Quentin Tarantino movie reviews every month. Just all the Quentin Tarantino movies get reviewed. Different writers reviewing Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Eminem song lyrics. Yeah. Eminem centerfold. <laughs> I'm not afraid to go to court. <laughs> <laughs> no, how you doing? How, how's it going, really? Um, all right. I haven't been doing much. Um I Brother, move me on and you both. I move this Friday. So tomorrow, basically, I got to wake up and put all my shit in boxes and get ready to move it on Friday, essentially. And it's something I do not want to do. Luckily, you moved recently. That so is true. Throwing your shit in boxes is going, and you don't have to pack up this room, right? Not which, yet. yeah, we will. But I'll, I'm going to help with that. So maybe. I mean, my wife will definitely help with it. You know, she'll come over and pack stuff. Sure. I'll probably fucking stand around and. Say, throw this away, keep this, you know? Right. Whatever needs to get done. Whatever. I'm, I'll am i be of service. You know, Jason will be here. Jake might. <laughs> um, Jason, right before we recorded, cut the chunkiest fart. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, like, bring that up, like, right off the top. But it was just, like, there was no air in there, you know? <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm eating right. I'm eating right again. That's good. In a good mood. I've been in a good mood all day. Mm-hmm. There's something about like there's something about like watching your caloric intake move around during the day 
that makes you feel confidence a little bit. Yeah. If you don't fuck it up, you know? Well, you're better informed. I am informed. For someone like you that assumes that, like, you made all bad decisions all the time, it's better to at least know what is actually going on, you know? Yeah. You know, I was going to tell you, um, I have discovered maybe one of my fatal issues, my, my, my big flaws in my eating, uh, before this week, oh, it took me two days to figure it out. Uh, I don't, when I woke up, I taken maybe 70 calories. Yeah. And then I burn 1500 to 2000 <laughs> and then I fucking come home and eat, you know, maybe a thousand yeah. for dinner. Maybe. Yeah. And then where does that put you? And and what does your body decide it needs? And then in the middle of the, you know, right around midnight, it says, hey, we're going to fucking make up all this lost time, baby. Yeah. You know, let's fucking do it. What kind of fucking treats do we have? And then, you know, my shopping brain is always like, got to get those treats, baby. We got to be in the treat section of the store most of the time. Okay. And then, so I think <clears throat> I think maybe part of my problem was just not really understanding how much I was burning and that I needed a certain amount. I mean, when I looked at it after, you know, you take your calories and and you check what amount you've had and you kind of look at it and it's like, okay, so like I've had maybe 1500 by 7 p.m. and puts you at a deficit of just like way too much to be at that deficit at that yeah. time of the day, yeah. you know? So like this this past two days, the first day was rough, but this past two days, the nighttime has been a lot easier after like kind of discovering that. Yeah, you, you gotta know? get ahead of it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because you don't think about I just don't think people, I, I thought I was burning 70 calories a day, you know, like walking, walking for seven hours, six, five, you know, I haven't, I haven't got a good nine hour one in yet in tw- uh, 2021. I'm going to, it just hasn't happened yet. I'm My sleep schedule's dicked all up, you know, I get up at like. Well, I'm, I've, I've started to move my wake up time to earlier. I was getting up at one, then noon. Now it's 1130. And then, you know, eventually try to get down to 10. Okay. 10 is like the crack of dawn for me. That is the earliest. It's maybe 930. I didn't fucking get into the podcasting game to wake up early. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I'm a teenager that's a podcaster. Why would I wake up? Yeah. Peter Pan style. Yeah. I mean, wh- why? Why? I don't have to wake up for my kid. She can do all the stuff on her own. You know, there's nothing she needs me for I'm trying to think. No. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, she'll ask me to pick her up from school for lunch and bring her home and then take her back to school. But I don't even do it. I just, I'm like, I'm asleep I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't need to come home. Go fucking sit on a lawn or something. Right. Cause they got to leave the school to eat uh, lunch. Okay. You had to choose on day one <clears throat> of full back to school. You had to choose whether you wanted to eat lunch at school or out of school. <laughs> and you have to stick with that for the rest of the year. Weird. I know. Yeah, because teenagers are really good at making decisions and are not impulsive at all. 
You know? I mean, now that she's vaxxed, I wouldn't even care if she ate at school. Really? I mean, she's half there. But you see what I'm saying, though? Like, once she's fully in, it's just kind of like, eat at the school? I don't give a fuck. You know? But she's not allowed now. Yeah. She chose to leave. So, Hmm. she's been leaving for lunch, which is just not something that happened back in my day. Yeah. Hey, back in my day, you weren't allowed to leave school for lunch because they knew you were going to smoke cigarettes. We were allowed to leave. That's crazy. Only as seniors, though, I think. It used to be 11th and 12th grade. I think when I was in 10th, they took it away. So we had to wait one more year. But in 12th grade, you could leave. Oh, they took it away in 10th grade? No, they took away 11th grade when I was in 10th grade. I thought the next year I was going to be able to go. And they're like, that's not going to be that way next year. So, like, what happened with my school was in 10th grade, there was no real attendance policy. So, if you wanted to leave early, you could get somebody to write a letter for you in a different kind of handwriting. And they would just give you an early dismissal pass without even checking. So, that's that's what I would do. I would just leave every day early. And, uh, or you just skip, you know, sometimes you're like, I want to do this the legit way. And sometimes you're like, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. You know, I don't need to be here Yep, because I'm not going to do anything. I'm not here to learn. So I, um, I was doing that for the first year. And then, I mean, they just were like, you're not leaving this school, but I did also go to school off of a 50 mile an hour road. It was like the, where if, if somebody was like, we're going to, go to lunch and I'm going to walk somewhere to eat lunch. There wasn't a place to walk to eat lunch, you know, and they knew a bunch of us weren't going to come back. I think that's really the issue was just kind of like these kids are fucking, you know, we're the bad district. These kids are going to fucking come back. They Once they're out those doors, man, we're not going to get them back. Yeah. So I don't know, man, seeing how, how lightly they treat the kids now. I'm just like, damn, Man, lucky you. you leave him for lunch, you know? So, yeah, it's a different, different, different situation. Way different, way different. You can trust these kids. Right. You know? Um. So, I, I, I well. Um, I did, oh, no, go ahead, it's fine. Everything. I was thinking about, I was reading about the George Floyd trial today. The Derek Chauvin t- trial? Yeah. I call it the George Floyd trial because I'm stupid. Okay. And I uh, point that out. Yeah, it is the Derek Chauvin trial. Yeah. I, I should have said that. Right. And uh, the other the other big shooting. Did, 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 but uh, one of the Dante things. Harris. Yeah. But by the woman who fucking had a said, I thought I was grabbing my taser and then killed somebody. Yeah. That one. Yes. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. And they, the New York Times said they found 15 other Dante, cases. Right, sorry. The New York Times said they found 15 other cases of this happening. Now, what does that mean for the amount of this that actually happened? One. And two, I don't believe it. I don't believe that's all a work. That woman shot that guy, knew it was going to get her in trouble, and said, I was just trying to grab my taser, you know? Yeah, it seems like an it seems like something maybe you heard about somebody else doing. Fourteen <laughs> other people. Yeah, you you've heard like if you've been policing that long, you're like, well shit, if I just say that and then it'll at least give me some plausible deniability. Yeah. Her ass got arrested today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they're charging in in Minneapolis, they're actually charging people with shit. 
And, uh, um, you know, it, it brings her, her plea down too to be like, Oh, I was, I was actually grabbing my taser. Yeah. And it's like, I think seeing what happens with Derek Chauvin is going to be telling about this thing. Cause like that just fucking, that really works me, man. I'm yeah. just like, I I'm ready to be, have my heart broken. Like the Amazon union drive. You know what I mean? Like I'm ready to have my heart broken for this. Not that I think prison is some big, great thing, but you know, if George Floyd had shot somebody, he would have gone to prison. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or killed somebody, choked somebody to death. Yeah. I'm sorry. If, if George Floyd had done that, he would have gone to prison. Yeah, I mean, I there's just an absolute distrust of black males. Like, the police are literally view them as the enemy, view them like they, in their mind, think that that they are just these incredibly violent people that are inherently, you know, like that. And they get, and so we get this situation where somebody doesn't want to get arrested and then they get killed for it, you know? And and they were going after him for what they what they say an air freshener violation. That was the thing is I read a whole piece of, by his mentor, uh, this guy that was his mentor who said he should he feels guilty because he should have mentioned the air freshener uh, is a reason that the Minneapolis police are allowed to pull you over and it's been upheld by the Supreme Court. So like so if you have oh man that's like basically targeting weed smokers too. That's who I had. That's why I had mine. I mean, we have them. You're just not allowed to hang anything from your right. uh, um, I have one too. I guess thing that obstructs view. Right. But you can make the case that the pine tree obstructs view if you want. If you're being totally dishonest and racist, that's what you can fucking do. Because I had to find out what they meant by the air freshener. You know, like, yeah. oh, what, what do you mean air freshener? Like, I thought they were like profiling with like some certain kind of air freshener. Yeah. And then it just finds out it's just any air freshener up in your window. You can't hang your fucking graduation tassel from your uh, window if you're black because the police will just use it to pull you over and harass you. I mean, if that's the only re like there used to be this thing in Ohio before everything i mean in the early days of the seatbelt law where it was not legal to pull somebody over for not wearing a seatbelt yes but you could get the seatbelt ticket if you got pulled over and yes. they, they ended up changing that right so they can now pull you over for not wearing your seatbelt because you know god knows we need to have as many reasons for the police to pull you over as possible yeah, and the warrant out for his arrest was basically because they mailed it to the wrong address. They had the wrong address on file, so he got a warrant for not showing up to court. I've seen and, that happen too. And then now they and then that woman killed him. She executed him. And and I don't know. I also in that moment he was not attacking her. <laughs> there was I didn't see the like, video. I've never I I can't watch the I just saw the George Floyd video for the first time recently. Yeah. And it shattered me. I just I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was the video pretty I didn't watch the video actually. Oh, you didn't watch the video either? No, I didn't. Yeah, they're hard to watch, man. I know that maybe you I don't know. I don't know what the what it what the idea like are you supposed to watch? Are we supposed to watch them? Like is it you're supposed to subject yourself like to see it to see with your own eyes what's happening or is it okay to be like 
I can't keep watching the police kill black guys. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't. I just can't do it. No, I think a lot of people made that. There's been a. It's overshared. We know it's happening. Um, you know, we need to raise awareness, of course. Um, but yeah, I don't know if if making everybody watch that how it's going to change. But yeah, I usually watch them because it does make me feel more like steadfast in my beliefs of we have to stop this shit. I know. But like lift. What I was saying, getting at is like you lift up a gun. It's way heavier than a fucking taser. It's way louder than a fucking taser. And you shoot more than once. Like, you wouldn't be... You don't empty the clip on a fucking taser, you know? That is fucking true. You don't pull the trigger more than once on a taser. Don't you only just pull it one time? Yeah, you just pull it and it shoots the fucking electrodes. And, and then you have to load another electrode if you were wanting to shoot it again. Yeah. How many times know. did she shoot? I'm not sure. More than once, though? Fuck me, man. Fuck me. <laughs> Should have done more reading on it. I know. I I, I should I should have told you that I was going to talk about it. I actually kind of made the decision right before I came over here, so I I didn't I didn't uh, do the reading. So that that's my fault. I just uh, you usually know more. You usually pay attention to it. You know what I like you. You usually read all the news stories and inform me. You generally, I inform you about professional wrestling and you inform me about police abuse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I haven't had the best week. So I know. I know. I'm not yelling oh, at you. I know. I know. Just saying I just have been sitting in place like a stone or just sleeping as much as I can. You'll get there, man. You're almost there. I know. I You'll know. move out on Friday and then you can fucking order pizza for dinner every night. Not going to do that. You can. That's. I'm not gonna do that. But you're. You can. But I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Smoke weed in the house. You know. Yeah. And fucking roll up a big J bone and smoke it by yourself. You know. Yeah. You can. Uh, but but we, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I think tasers are also like they're a really boxy shape. Like they're they're just so much different from a gun. You know they they don't look the same. And you know what. If there's a possibility that you could think you were going to tase somebody and shoot somebody, they can't carry. They they got to stop carrying them. They either got they either yeah. got to stop carrying a gun or the taser. You're not allowed to carry those anymore, right? Because now you're fucking getting them mixed up and killing people. But again, I think that's all a work. I I don't I don't believe that they're that she accidentally pulled the taser. I feel like I've watched. So I watched the shield. <laughs> recently and i know that is a fake show it's a hundred percent fake it's all fantasy but one thing that always struck me as as true about that show okay that maybe they didn't even know it's true and they stumbled upon it but like whenever the cops shot somebody or brutalized somebody or something like that they would then talk to the other people that come to the scene or at the scene and get their story straight before they took it to whoever had, you know what I yeah, mean? Like I they would like, they would be like, Oh, you know, uh, tell them you were going to try to grab your taser, you know, and it's right next to your gun. So apparently you're just gonna, that's what she did, you know? Yeah. And it, it was just, I, I just can't, I can't believe it. I, I I hope none of them get away with it, you know. But the Derek Chauvin thing that I saw that was just like infuriating was the defense was calling their witnesses today, and um, they called a fucking 
a guy called a use of force expert. And I really wanted to fucking find out more about this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they told us <sighs> that in a piece in the New York times, they kind of just were keeping you updated and telling you what the guy was saying. Yeah. But good this Lord, I can't imagine he's ever disagreed with the use of force. I agree. That, I mean, that's uh they're doing this. Um, they do the same thing with uh, they're doing a civilian review board now for the police in Columbus that got voted in. One of the people on there is a retired fucking police officer. So it's like, what are we, that's just like having, that's not a civilian board anymore. Yeah. Like he's, he's on cop. the different team. Yeah. He's getting fucking cop pension. He's not a civilian. I don't care if he's retired. That's a fucking cop. That's not a civilian. It, they put a cop on it? What, I don't know if it's not finalized yet. These retired? Are, yes, retired. Yeah, they don't. They take each other's side. And use of force. Use of force is also, I bet, uh, like uh, an old police captain that studied the books real well or wrote the manual on use of force. Yeah, and the manuals on use of force is that you can never have enough force. You know, that is like, that's basically what they started out. That's the slogan. Police, you can never have enough force. You know, you shoot somebody four times. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I just, and, and then they oh, also had, what? Go ahead. They also had some other piece of garbage who said that Derek Chauvin's knee didn't kill George Floyd. It was the exhaust from the car. Oh, he no. was down by the exhaust oh, pipe. Oh, no. And his heart was already fucked up, and the exhaust from the car is what killed him. Which, by the way, why was his head by the exhaust pipe? What, 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 how did his head get down there by the exhaust pipe to kill him? Maybe Derek Chauvin did it, you know? I just really hope this guy gets his. You know what I mean? Like, this, this guy, it seems like this is the so sort of thing... It, it's like, it, it reminds me of like, and I was so dumb at this time, and I was probably 10 or 11, 13. I, I was 13 years old when uh, 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 Rodney King happened. And, and I, I totally remember seeing the tape and then hearing the not guilty and being utterly fucking shocked by it. Like, what? wait a minute. They, are they saying... Well, I didn't understand what not guilty meant, but sure. I was like, are they saying they didn't beat the fucking shit out of this guy? Because I saw them on tape beating the fucking shit out of this guy. Right. You know what I mean? And I saw him... You, they, you know, you got to see the pictures of him, the aftermath of it, too. And they really kicked this... Oh, yeah. They really went in on him, you know? And I remember being like... They looked happy to do it. They were, like, enjoying it. They were winding up and shit. Yeah. And, and, and you just start to think, like, these guys just love beating people up. Justified violence. People. They love it. Justified violence. It's yeah. like... It's the, the height of, like, macho masculinity bullshit is like violence is always is that violence is a necessary evil and it just is how you dole it out decides like how virtuous you are yeah but yeah so, yeah, so i'm sorry that that cop is actually on the civilian re review board mayor ginther announces people you want to hear some of these folks yeah i would love to hear some of these folks um janet jackson former columbus city attorney attorney former franklin county municipal court judge so once again, I don't trust judge. judge. I don't trust the no. fucking judge. That's not a civilian. It feels like having a bunch of people that are part of the legal profession is not having civilians. Yeah. Um, what about a guy that works at fucking Target? 
can we get a guy that works at Target there or like a <laughs> a fucking woman that's a babysitter that or or like a fucking preschool teacher like anything yeah that's not a fucking cop or a judge or a lawyer um chanel jones of the northeast side member of the safety advisory commission and professor at franklin university specializes in crime and how it intersects with race as well as juvenile delinquency that's probably that sounds good yeah um they weren't going to give us like morgan harper or anything like that you know yeah they weren't going to give us somebody that was radical mark fluharty executive director of the central ohio labor council and a name is foolhardy mark foolhardy he said in his application he has handled disputes through arbitration in the past what does that mean that's like a lot different from cops killing people here's know? the one uh william M willard mcintosh 56 a retired columbus police officer and a veteran of the air force he worked at the city division of police's training academy for 16 of his 30 years so he worked at the training He's probably going to shoot somebody from the review board. You know what I mean? Like this fucking guy. I He sounds horrible. Uh, Rich Nathan, the pastor of Vineyard. Whoa, Rich Nathan. Yeah, Rich Nathan. That Damn, one. Nathan. Not, not doing broke, it. Not broke Nathan. <laughs> Get it, Nathan. <laughs> pastor of Vineyard Columbus, one of the city's largest nope. church. He's also an inactive attorney and member of the bar fucking rich nathan works for the church yeah a pastor mm -hmm. i don't trust pastor i don't rich trust the nathan. churches either <laughs> i don't the, I, the american the blue lives matter and the fucking church go hand in hand on a lot of shit what's the church vineyard columbus vineyard i uh, i think uh that is not one of the uh that's not one of the good ones kyle strickland 30 lawyer at ohio state uh Kerwin Institute for the Study of Race, Race and Ethnicity, a liberal think tank based in New York. All right. A liberal think tank based in New York? Yeah. That's where he graduated from or worked. All right. I'll let that slide. Randall Sistrunk, Director of Business Development for Orange Barrel Media. Oh, these guys, these Orange Barrel Media, they have like, they make like big billboards basically they do. that's like their whole gimmick is like they're like oh you know rogue fitness we'll make a billboard the size of three buildings yes you know and we'll put sparks that fly off of it um yeah or they do they did the cheeky nationwide ad that made fun of les wexner oh uh, did they do that one all right well, yeah they did a life edgy. comes at you fast and then it was like a, a what les wexner was the last one looking all old yeah that's wild that's a wild. but yeah orange barrel media are advertisers he said that he has been mistreated and harassed by police but has used those experiences to work towards change okay i don't know i still don't know yeah um, i mean but if it's a if it is somebody i i mean i i don't know how much you can take somebody at their word about yeah that, that is like angling for a review board but like if it is somebody that has had negative sure negative times with the police and it's a person of color i i, I do think that's probably sure a good ad but yeah, also I'm just wondering it didn't have to that, be like a ceo yeah i'm just thinking yeah when it comes to those type of guys they seem more like the uh let's shake hands with the police we're all humans i think that's where i feel like what what rich people get to when they want to solve the problem is like i don't actually hate the police so we just have to like cooperate with the police yeah they're not there, defund the peace police cooperate with the police yeah and how many 
people on here. Is there? I mean, two more to go. Okay, I, I just want to. I gotta know the median income. Yeah, there you go. That would be a great question to ask. <laughs> yeah. I would love to know the median income of these people. These people are all. You're right. These people are all balling. I mean, all, all the re- only one I can think of is the professor at Franklin University might not have a lot of money. Yeah, like that because you know probably an adjunct, probably not. Yeah, like a full on professor. So, but the other ones, a lot of them are like have pools. It sounds like or pool tables if they live in a city. Here we go. Here's the shit we were looking for. Charles Tatum, the pastor at Good Shepherd Baptist Church. Uh, okay, once again, how many church people do we need? We got Rich Nathan already. <laughs> He said in his application he hopes to be a part of the solution in bringing the needed change in community relations between citizens and our police department. There you go. That's handshake the police. Why don't they have a satanic guy on there? They should have at least one Satanist. One guy that's like super into demons. Yeah. Maybe a guy that's really into typo negative and Danzig. That would be good you know, for that, you. That woke up this morning and listened to Dark Side of the Moon. Weird thing. Here we go. Here we, God, even more. This is just, I, I thought this one, I did. I thought we made it out. Mary Younger, 72. So. I say marry older. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, you don't want to marry younger because <laughs> then you see what happens with, you know, from Me. this show, you yeah. know, divorce um, older. A retired Franklin County public defender. Okay. Okay. Public defender's good. Get ready. She is a complaint li- 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 liaison for Bexley police. What is a complaint? So basically people are like, hey, Mary Younger, uh, the police were like fucking really bad to me. And then she goes to the captain and it's like, hey, this person is complaining about the police today. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> you know, what's what their mean? address? What's their car? Yeah. 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 Like, oh, here it is. Mr. Police. Yeah. Chief? Bexley police. I mean, that's, that's uh, I, I don't know. I can't fully say other than all cops are bastards. But I, I I would guess that the Bexley police are on a high level of evil just because of where they're situated in Columbus. Yeah. Because Bexley is like kind of a rich oh, yeah. neighbor, but it's also surrounded by places that are not rich. Yeah. Uh, you ready for the last one? Yeah. Kicking the nuts. It's probably Deadpool. Her husband is a retired Columbus police officer. Yeah, of course. Of <laughs> fucking so course, man. One third of this, I think, is actually people that live in a, that are police families. One third of these people are police families. I know being married to a cop isn't the same thing as being a cop. But I mean, I'm married to my wife who works at a company. And like, it makes me look at the other people that work at the company as like more human and you know, I, I don't think my wife is doing evil stuff at her job where she very well could be doing sure. evil stuff. You have no she idea. Wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know. God damn it. God, the civilian review board doesn't have a single person that works at a gas station or that like, uh, uh, but I guess like you had to apply. We should have applied. Yeah. They would have picked us, though. I wouldn't have been a guy that would pick. And I'm sure a bunch of people that didn't have like ties to the police department or any of that. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, cause it's just seems like an astounding coincidence that like the CEO or whatever of Orange Barrel Media 
he did apply and got right got in you know what i mean because yeah. the ceo is somebody we can have on the civilian review board yeah and yeah. we don't really know what the civilian re review board's even gonna do yeah. or, or you know my understanding for a lot of these civilian review boards is they have like good intentions and and they try very hard to to make things happen but that they you know mayors just mayors and police captains just don't take their yeah. input it's like all right well civilian re review board got to say their thing all right well we're gonna do what the police chief says yeah we're just gonna do police chief stuff uh vineyard looks like a diverse church according to their website okay i, I don't fucking know but uh i just I, I i also feel like just you know like i said two pastors uh uh, uh two cops it just is crazy. That is not review, you know? So, hey, Black Lives Matter. It's true. Know? And uh, now it's time for us to talk about something we just did that you'll be able to get on the bonus feed this Friday, or if it's already past Friday, you can listen to it now, you know? Uh, Mike Rowe. Yes. On his worst behavior. Yes. Really... Feeling confident. As bad as it gets. So, Brett, put your headphones in. I want to play a quick piece of his newest TV show, Six Degrees, on Discovery Plus. Yeah, it's, um... This is gonna, this is gonna get you. Here we go. Why Six Degrees sponsored by the energy industry? Well, that's a bit like asking why Chuck drinks coffee all day long. Chuck's his friend, and uh, I just want... This is at the end of the show. After the content of the show that is when they bring this up, right? That it's sponsored by the energy industry, where he is explaining this. Now, if I were the person putting this together... And look, one of the top five evil. It's like an evil thing. The energy industry. I think we can all agree on that. Except for maybe the wind people. Like, you know, like <laughs> people that are energy. like super into wind or like making energy out of turds or whatever, you know, people are doing. Yeah. Like those people, I'm going to give them a fucking hearty, you know, thumbs up. But but AEP, American Electric Power or Shell Oil, not good. Not, not good at all, you know. And I would say that. This is the type of thing that you maybe play before the show. Why? This? Yeah. Why would you play this before the show? That would turn so many people off. Right. But it seems fair to do it that way. Like, why are you doing it at the end? Like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. So basically, we rushed into this. The show that we watched was um, about how during the Civil War, their food problem through six degrees of separation led to random access memory that's inside of computers. And that's the reason that he has a show now is basically because of hardtack was horrible during the civil war. Yes. And it's and a six degrees of separation. It's got Wilson from the castaway movie in it. It's got all kinds of shit. Right. Right. And it's a big wacky smug fucking adventure through history. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at the end of the show, after the content of the show, it uh it it plays this and I'll start it over just just so people get what we're uh get what we're pointing out here. 
by the energy industry. Ah, Jesus, well, Brian Flub. Chuck. I think that was right. And that is how hungry civil war. Oh, we're going to get a little bit of the show here. Here we go. This show. Why six degrees sponsored by the energy industry? Well, that's a bit like asking why Chuck drinks coffee all day long. When you play a dozen different characters in the course of a single show, you need all the energy you can get. Likewise, when you go to your favorite search engine to find whatever it is you're looking for, that takes energy too. You hear that? You fucking Googling people? You people that are out here Googling who the energy industry is and why and who Mike Rowe is? Oh, you want to Google who I am? I'm Mike fucking Rowe. And you know what? You just used some energy. <laughs> you just killed the environment. <laughs> yeah. Guess this killing the environment isn't so bad when you can use Google. <laughs> oh, you like Netflix? NFTs? Hulu? Discovery Plus? Well, that's killing trees, baby. Well, you know, we have to do environmental devastation and... Uh, have the entire industry popped up by governments and dirty deals and shut out any sort of change. Yeah. Well, you don't want to, you, you don't want to change too much. This is just coming. I'm, I'm thinking from Mike Rose perspective. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to change too much. Cause I'm making a bunch of money off of this. Right. You know, so and what would wealthy billionaires that own <laughs> fossil fuel industry, what are they to do? Yeah. 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 Specifically, it takes electricity. Electricity made possible by spinning turbines. Turbines powered by wind and solar, but mostly by oil and natural gas. Yeah, Texas, <laughs> you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Brett liked that line when we heard it earlier because he says, like, yeah, wind and solar, just some bullshit, you know, just the crappiest, dumbest versions of energy. Yeah. You know? Actually, I feel like that was a gimme. I feel like he was like, yes, it's powered by wind and solar. And then he, you're like, oh, he's in the green energy. And he's like, but mostly, and that mostly is the, that is the, the signifier of everything. <laughs> that is we, when it was mostly, and then he's like, it's mostly oil and natural gas, you know, that stuff you fucking hate. Yeah. You know? So go pour yourself another cup of Joe and raise your glass to the men and women who provide the energy that keeps the servers humming. 24-7. And if you really want to show a little appreciation, feel free to bust a move. <laughs> what does that mean? The guy was dancing behind him through this whole thing because he drank a bunch of coffee. Oh. It's like the, the, the whole thing about it. But if you're um, a friend of Cole, pour yourself a coffee and get dancing. I love, I love Cole. Can I say that like something I really liked about it was um that he was saying, like, he was trapping you a little bit by saying, like, you're watching something on a streaming network, okay? So, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I might watch the rest of this show, by the way, just because it was so craven. So you know? boring, too. It is boring, but that's not why I'd watch it. I don't like watching boring stuff. But there was just a lot of titans of industry type shit. Yeah. And it, you know, where it was just like, these six great men led to you being able to watch this on your television, you know? And uh, so he did a show 
he did do a show about where he admitted that this was the oil companies that were this is funded by the oil companies this is a big oil funded propaganda which darna nor yeah darna nor from gizmodo um wrote a piece about it she's right like it is undeniable that this is big oil funded propaganda he says it at the end of the fucking show you know maybe he thinks it's a big oil funded uh maybe he thinks this is bullshit but maybe he thinks like big oil funded it because there's just huge fans of micro <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, no. why does he think that they made this show and did they have final say on what aired on the show like for example could mike rowe have done have have said something that's evil about the oil and gas companies the oil and natural gas company could he done a episode about how they rip people off and pollute the environment could he even include that they pollute damn i just got an ad for the who's what's it bar uh chocolatey it's it's new from whatchamacallit Oh no! Yeah, I love a whatchamacallit. I do dude. too. Classic candy I bar. Fucking, so this one of my is, faves. This is a hoozy. What's it? Chocolate, chocolatey crisps, and motherfucking peanut butter mm. candy bars. That's a whatchamacallit with a twist. Yeah. So put code hoozy what street fight in the hoozy what's it website. Damn it! I'm off candy too. Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're, you know, podcasting takes a lot of energy and <laughs> chocolate provides a good source of natural energy and peanut butter is just what you need to fill you up. So yes, this podcast is sponsored by Nestle. Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, darn is- I, yeah, I was uh, sorry. Uh, I was going to also say that, um, he, oh, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I don't think we're going to read all of Darna's piece. Uh, so, but let, let's do a little bit. Reality show micro. By the way, I, I didn't mention this. Darna is a fan of Street Fight and is going to be called calling in on Sunday night. Uh-huh. Uh, let me also say this. A lot of shit has been brought up about micro because of Street Fight. And uh, it really pissed him off actually that this happened okay so uh uh we're part of it you know a little bit we have a little piece yeah a tiny little piece and exposing that this guy's a piece of shit yeah <laughs> hey you know? we're part of it yeah hey that's great reality show host mike rose new series six degrees which is currently streaming on discovery plus and will soon air on television begins how i expected it would with him on screen and a t-shirt jeans and baseball cap which me and brett believe to be a fucking 700 dollars outfit yeah I, maybe i'm being mean to him and we did not take the time to google whether lee jeans has a premium brand i believe they do I'm checking. Now, we can't just say... We can't talk about... We can't be wrong about jeans on this show. Yeah, Lee Premiums. I used to get them, I thought. Oh, no. Those are bad. These are the bad ones. Never mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, Lee Selvage would be what I would (laughs) think. Do they have that? His shit was whisker wash. He did not not earn those creases on his pants at all. They have them. I think. No. 
They don't. Lee doesn't make it. Oh, yeah, they do. Here we go. Let's see how much they run. How much your salvage denim jeans run? $79.99. That's a great deal. Oh, they got some. They got men's Lee 101's tapered leg jeans for $170. Okay. So, yeah, they do have premium jeans. So, for sure, micro. And, and micro's jeans kind of looked like this 171s. If you want to. You can see it up on that screen right there. If you want to come around, it's the ones in the middle. Did they kind of look like Mike Rose sure. jeans? Yeah. Probably. I mean, that's stuff you never know. I mean, it's it's easy. I remember, remember uh, what's his name? Uh, Glenn Beck sold like a, a $100 football and like $250 jeans yeah. to be for his like all American oh, line of clothes and I for sure, I for sure see his jeans. Okay. I for sure see them on here. 170. They were on the row under it. For sure. For sure. The 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 one all the way over. Those are his fucking jeans, dude. <laughs> those were he's wearing. We can't pull jeans. that against him. I think good jeans is a lot is the like. I got I got a pair of 184s coming in the mail. <laughs> you think- know, I'm not trying to make fun of somebody for buying expensive clothes. I'm just saying he was he's the working man. So are we. But we don't work. We don't pretend. Yeah, we're not that working we go class. To work. <laughs> yeah, we're you know not what I mean. Class anymore. We did do a lot of it. We were that, but we're not now. We washed out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we did. We actually <laughs> failed at it. The conceit <laughs> of the show is to tie seemingly unrelated events together. In the first episode, Roe traces the history of the dating app Tinder back to the invention of the horseshoe. He explains that in the 1700s, a young blacksmith melted horseshoes to create the first iron plow. And that decades later, Australian outlaw Ned Kelly used an iron plow to create a suit of armor for the first time. Kelly then became the subject of the world's first feature-length film, which contributed to the rise of the movie industry. Hollywood made actress and inventor Hedy Lamarr famous. One of her inventions was a precursor to Wi-Fi, which we used to surf dating apps. Roe describes this all circuitously, stopping along the way for jokes and whiskey shots. It's dumb, but seemingly innocuous until you get to the end. And then, uh, yeah, she- the show is so fucking bad. The show is just like, you, it's just getting trapped by your dad, like him making you like, Hey, whoa, 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 hold up. I want to tell you something. I'm watching this show, right? Yeah. Get this, get this. Your Wi-Fi, your Wi-Fi is related to horseshoes. And they're waiting for everybody to be like, <laughs> what? And everybody just like, just looks at their phone harder and pretends they're not listening. And then he, pre- it's just, it's being talked to about history that doesn't matter to anybody. And like you said, they talked about hardtack in the one that we watched. Um, and you were like, okay, this was every single elementary school talked about hardtack. The motherfuckers made you eat hardtack. Yeah, they made you try it. Yeah. They love the teachers. History teachers love to make you eat hardtack. That's just part of being a history teacher in first grade. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's in their budget because it only costs a dollar to make. Listen to this, Brett. Six degrees. This is from this yeah. episode that she's describing. Okay. Six degrees is sponsored by the oil and gas industry. Why? Because oil and natural gas connects everything. Rose says at the episode's conclusion, he goes on to explain that Lamar's inventing process was funded by the fortune her boyfriend made in the oil fields. Who? Hedy Lamar, who led, who was a Hollywood actress who led to the invention of Wi-Fi or something. I know you blank out when that stuff happened because we blanked out during the show. It's impossible. To, it's such boring information. Yeah, you couldn't 
have more elementary school boring information it is. in this world. That's what it, it is. It's like when they made you get the trifold board and made you go out there and, and say, like, uh, you know, this is the life of Harry Houdini. Uh, Harry Houdini, and, th- and then they just complete, they just rattle off facts and unimportant things. Yeah. Uh, also, I was thinking, we were talking about whether he can make something against the oil industry. That's, they hired a guy. They hired the shale man. They, they hired a guy that doesn't care. And I think his, I think the attitude is like, you know, uh, don't fucking worry about it. You I mean, you like oil and gas. I think that's why this is a good message to end it with. Instead of saying like, we're spending money on this, we're spending money on rebuilding the glaciers in the Arctic. Instead of doing stuff like that, it's just, Hey baby, Wi-Fi, horseshoes, footballs, it's all cause of oil and gas and you love it and we need it and we're not going to ask if we can change it. We just got to keep running with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that comes up in, in this article. It's a really great article and uh, uh, you should definitely read it. Um, in, in 2008... This is a little bit that Street Fight listeners will know. Roe launched MicroWorks, a nonprofit promoting vocational training for blue-collar jobs. The organization provides scholarships for job training programs in the fields including automotive technology, HVAC manufacturing, and diesel technology, which in itself isn't a bad thing. But the foundation is premised on the idea that the reason people are struggling to find good-paying work in these sectors is because of a skills gap. Sexters. Is be- we were talking about tender earlier. Yeah. You know? No, it's just because of a skills gap for those in blue collar fields, a thoroughly debunked myth pushed by industry leaders to make workers feel underqualified for positions, which research research suggests help companies to put more conditions on their job listings and offer lower rates of pay. MicroWorks also fails to grapple with the reality that amid the worsening climate crisis, many of these fields will have to undergo major changes and in the case of diesel, at least have to be fully phased out. Uh, in the, that is true. They are, at some point, we do have to, I mean, he's saying we're never going to phase it out. Hey, we can never run out of oil before I die. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have oil. Uh, the people after us, who knows? Yeah. Um, the world dies with me. I'm Mike Rowe. Yeah. In the years since starting his nonprofit, Rowe started a parallel media career as a pundit, frequently appearing on Fox News to openly speak out against regulating oil and gas extraction. <laughs> People need dirty jobs. Yeah. I mean, this guy fucking loves the oil and gas industry so much. Yeah, we didn't mention also this show looks like it was filmed in his backyard. It was. Yeah, you can see a house in the background. And he's it's on his his son's basketball court or I don't think he has kids. It's on a basketball court. You know, he he's sitting on probably. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's very janky. There the football part had a, like a pop-up table like for like a catering table basically. Um, and he went and talked to a guy in like director's chair in front of just a fucking trailer and you could see background people. They tried to make it like, I don't know, instead of trying to make it good, they just showed off how shitty their circumstances were basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, identification of excess contributions included in part two micro works foundation. 
who who does contributions to people. The Pennsylvania Chambers Education Foundation, Scholarship America, Coke Foundation, Universal Techno- Technical Institute, Coke Companies Public Sector LLC, Wolverine Worldwide, Kraft Heinz, and Charities Aid Foundation of America. So that that's a little a little bit there. So um yeah, he is he is a nasty guy, man. So anyway, um Mike caught wind of this article. He I mean, we're it's pretty obvious that he has uh uh it's pretty obvious that he probably has his name. He's named Sir what do they call it? The Google Alerts. Yeah. Or I'm sure people send it to him if they saw it. Gizmodo's a big enough publication. <laughs> That's true. People would could you imagine if somebody wrote something like this about us and then somebody that's friends with us sent it to us? I'd be like, I don't need to see that. I don't want to know about that. But I guess once Gizmodo's so big that it would be a big fucking deal. So if Gizmodo does a hatchet piece on us, yep. uh, don't send it to me. I just don't even want to see it. You know, we could ask them to do um, that. You think they would do it? Yeah, we could ask her. She'll do a takedown of us to get people to check us out. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you can look into who are making our contributions. That's for goddamn sure. Oh, God. I got rid of my Facebook. Now this is all becoming a whole hassle. Oh, no. I got it. I got it. Oh, not now. I don't want to create a account. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get his Facebook post up. Uh, needless to say, he was hot under the collar about this. So, um, he decided to go to his uh, uh, Facebook and do a post about this specific article. Um, so let's just go through it. Um, it's everything you hate about micro in it's a little delivers. Piece. Yeah, it does deliver uh, hokey jokes, winking at the camera. It starts with basically old fashioned values, asking it, questions to no one. Sorry. It starts with the uh, show business equivalent of uh webster's webster's dictionary defines by saying pt barnum once said oh no (laughs) there's no such thing as bad publicity yeah no shit he said that seven million things have been written about that one fucking line i hope he never said it too i hope that's like a luke i am your father thing where like darth vader doesn't really say that Uh uh-huh he says something else sure to some like, I love you or I know or something like that. Luke, I know. Luke, I know. Yeah, it's something like that. I've seen Star Wars. I've I've seen them all, which is almost as good as Oscar Wilde's version, who put it like this: "There's only one thing in the world worse than being talked about, and that is not being talked about." Jesus, now, hitting us with two quotes up front. Yeah, of course. Just getting the mental juices flowing, like, hmm, hmm. I never thought of that. Okay, now think about this though. What do 65-year-olds love to do on Facebook? What do they love to fucking share? Quotes. They love them. Something that fits on a beach, background of a beach or something. <laughs> yeah. Or like um, it looks like a picture you would have in your house, like kind of a frame yeah. with cross stitch in it. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, damn, damn, it feels good. To- <laughs> uh, That's the liberals. 
Both men could turn a phrase, and both men had a point. With Discovery premiering Six Degrees this Sunday at 10 p.m., you'd think that any surrounding press would be a good thing. But neither Barnum or Wilde lived in these extraordinary times where anyone can post anything from anywhere. Mike Uh, is, this is the first time I've seen him crack. Baby, he's a little baby. It would be easy for P.T. Barnum to say. He he didn't have people tweeting about him. (laughs) He didn't have podcasts that that have done six or seven episodes about my antics. (laughs) It is. I mean, this is a crack in the micro armor. I have never seen him mad. We have said that on this show, that we have never seen him mad. Yeah. Trying to catch him. He doesn't get mad. He tries to pretend like he's just some jolly old soul walking down a gravel driveway in bare feet without flinching, like carving an apple and talking to kids and saying, you know, hardtack was all they used to be able to eat during the Civil War. (laughs) That bugs in it. That bugs in it. They had to put in coffee. (laughs) And yeah, just to say, uh, someone's uh, Grandpa Roe, my TikTok is blowing up and everybody hates me. Well, P.T. Barnum always said, any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> um, he's so mad that people can post. Because that, that is the worst part about being a famous guy, I think. It's like when you're a famous yeah. person, you're just like, oh, man, if I was famous fucking 20 years ago, everybody couldn't post. Yeah, and people are completely unfair to you, um, for sure. I mean, there's there's relevant critiques, but then there's people that are just obnoxious and angry and and the bigger you get the more you get of those yeah and i don't think us or like adam johnson from and nima shiraz from citations needed i don't think we've been me and you have been kind of unfair to him but i also think that like we've always used his words yeah we we make fun of him but we read his fucking words he's explaining himself to us yeah you know to the best as he possibly can um, he does try to act like he's above it all. He's just, he does. He's never been mad. He never has come off as like an angry guy that yeah. like gets pissed. He's never. I never thought he would bring up the trolls. Yeah, is is what I'm saying. He's getting there. He's like he's close. My good friends of mine, Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla, have done a <laughs> lot of interesting investigations and in what's going on in these crazy times. People can't. Work for the oil and gas industry? Excuse me? I thought this was America. <laughs> They're definitely friends. Oh, yeah. He definitely smokes some cigars with them. Yeah. He's buddies with those two, for sure. Uh, many of you have called the attached article to my attention, along with a very misleading headline I would have ignored once upon a time, but cannot in this day and age. I hope he gets Petersoned. I hope he gets Peterson from this. <laughs> like, uh, uh, just people's, he gets just mad. Re- yeah. Relentless crying. snowball of people going after him. And he's just like, stops doing laundry. Just as miserable. <laughs> stops eating. He might be falling apart, dude. Yeah. I don't, cause yeah. I think he might've ignored this. He did not article in the past. I do agree. I don't know. I think that I think that they they are they know that their audience wants to hear about cancel culture. Yeah. He, you don't want to say it. You don't want to go out there and do it. And maybe he's trying to stay out of it. He doesn't want to be wants to be less dramatic. But he has talked about it. Yeah. 
He, not cancel culture necessarily, but he's done the millennials and coffee yeah. and you can't goddamn say anything anymore. Here's a link to the original article if you're interested. Or if you prefer, you can scroll down and enjoy the same copy along with my gentle attempts to set the record straight. Either way, better strap in. This one's a doozy. Darna Noor writes, Mike Rowe's new discovery show is big oil-funded propaganda. And then uh, it goes into its classic row and posturing as an avatar for the average American. Mm. Uh, actually, let's read that paragraph again because it's really fucking good. Reality show host Mike Rowe's new series, Six Degrees, which is currently streaming on Discovery Plus and will soon air on television, begins how I expected it would. With him on screen in a t-shirt, jeans, and a baseball cap and smiling wryly, it's classic row posturing as an avatar for the average American. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to respond to that. <laughs> Seething. Mad as ever. Stomped the hat. He stomped the stupid hat. Like, he's the stupid fucking hat. <laughs> stupid fucking blue jeans. Oh, what, you want me to wear a fucking tuxedo? You want me to wear a fucking tuxedo on TV? Is that what you want me to do? I am an average American. An average show business American. Okay? <laughs> Fucking pacing around his house. Called his mom on the phone that he's he's always talking yeah, to. Yeah. And just fucking was like, Can you fucking believe this shit? Oh Mikey, they hate they hate you because they ain't you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird part of the show too, is he put some like really outdated millennial type slang in there. It's when he, lit. He was do yeah, he said it's lit, and then he said it was like something was hot garbage or something. Yes. You know, yeah. How must I? He was talking. He was doing like fake letters from yeah. Civil War people, and he said food. Yeah. Uh, Micro. Hi there, Darna. First of all, thanks. Thanks for the shout out. TV audiences are hard to find these days, so I appreciate the mention. Secondly, I don't posture for anyone. For better or worse, the guy you see on TV is me, and my opinions are my own. Thirdly, Six Degrees is not propaganda funded by big oil. Your headline is demonstrably false, and since Discovery informed you in writing that the sponsors had no creative or editorial control over the show, I'm curious to see how you will justify such an inflammatory claim. Okay. <laughs> um, and then he, he goes to the next paragraph. Here we go. Uh, micro. I hate to nitpick, Darna, but Ned Kelly was not the first guy to make a suit of armor. He was just the first guy to make one from an iron plow in order to survive a shootout. Beyond that, you've done a fair job describing what Six Degrees is, a history show for people who don't watch history shows. I'm flattered to learn that you were engaged enough in the premise to watch the whole thing. Thanks. Um, oh, it got her. So you actually liked it. That's what he's saying. Yeah, but then the I, next line is uh, from Darna. It's dumb, but seemingly innocuous until you get to the end. All righty, then I retract the flattered part. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> he's a cut up. What a card. Uh, here is where they say caught wind, where they talk about it being funded by oil and gas. Micro caught wind. To your point, Darna, I'm literally on camera thanking the sponsors in the most transparent way possible. How much digging do you suppose the journalists at Reality Blurred had to do in order to catch wind of this bombshell? Like you, all they had to do was watch the show, which you can do again this Sunday on Discovery at 10 p.m. Eastern. In fact, I, so this is Darna again. 
In fact, I started watching Six Degrees because I'd read it. It was funded by the American Petroleum Institute and Distribution Contractors Association. Still watching this unfold on screen, I nearly fell out of my chair. It turns out Roe shouts out the oil and gas industry in some capacity in every episode. I couldn't believe what was he was so upfront about it. So here's Mike. It's easy to be upfront about relationships when you're not ashamed of them. It's also polite to thank your sponsors, especially in cases like this. Yeah, where they're fucking just shelling out that fucking cash. You know? Is he just like a Labrador? Is he just really maybe he is that simple? Nope. Nope. You think he you think he's conniver? I do. I, th- I, do I he, he seems like like well, golly gee, I sure love my gasoline. I'm not going to, I don't need to investigate what the industry is like at all. I'm happy to thank you. No, I think he is George W. Bush. Okay. I think he's like, like he puts on a show of acting kind of like, you know, simple folksy, and yeah. folksy. But he's a smart guy. I mean, if you sat down and talked to Mike Rowe about maybe what he thinks about Joe Biden's camp, the lobbyist that donated the most money to Joe Biden or Donald Trump's campaign and what they might respect expect in return, he would acknowledge that that is an actual thing that happens. Sure. I can almost guarantee that. But he doesn't see that his TV show is the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, that- he thinks he's a NASCAR guy and that like, they're just paying to get stickers on the car. And we yeah. built the car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the NASCAR guy went out and got canceled, they'd take the stickers off. The car. Right. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, it's easy to be upfront about re- when you're not ashamed. I like that. He's saying, I'm not ashamed with, <laughs> Of my relationship with the oil and I am not ashamed to be in a relationship with these people, okay? <laughs> I love them with all of my heart and soul, like I would my children and my wife and my dear old mother, okay? Yeah. You're allowed to love industries. <laughs> it's not, hey, I'll bet you love the journalism industry, don't you? Well, that's because you work in it, Okay. Fucking love it. Especially six degrees wasn't produced by Discovery. It was produced by me. Oh wow. <laughs> I needed help to kickstart production and started looking for companies that wanted to support a history show oh. about the surprising ways we're all connected. This is his show. He produced this show. <laughs> and the money that went to making the show. To kickstart production came from the oil and gas companies. And this is like exactly what we always talk about uh, with there's no extra money to give to our show. You know, no, there's no there's no industry that would be able to throw a million dollars at us to make sure our show got done. Yeah. Yeah. I found several interested parties, including API and DCA. Obviously, one of the things that connects us all in our shared reliance on affordable energy so that they so they were an easy fit. But again, neither API or DCA had any creative or editorial control over the show. All they got was a mention from me and some prime space in the show to run ads and in the body of the show too. It's some prime space too. Um Let's, uh, uh, let's, but as jarring as it was to hear him praise the industry that is largely responsible for frying the planet, the sponsorship makes sense. It fits right in with the industry's current favorite media strategy, reminding us that their products are used in everything. That was dark. Yeah. 
This is Mike. With respect, Darna, your view of the energy industry seems awfully one-sided. Obviously, no one who lives on this planet wants to see it fried, including me. Well, but you're working with the people that are doing it. Yeah, you're helping with the frying. <laughs> I love you this should- fucking... This is the best. You brought oil to the fry party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Darna, thank you for writing this. You have pissed this you got man him. off. Pierce the armor. Yeah. You were the first to pierce the armor. We've all tried. But you got it. You fucking I cannot wait to congrat. I just can't wait to talk to her now. Yeah. On Sunday. It's the most beautiful thing in the world that this guy's mad. But no objective person can look at the industry, the history of fossil fuels and not conclude that the petroleum based products and natural gas have lifted more people out of poverty than any other product in the history of the world. Sure. I mean, I would also argue, though, that they have put a lot of people into poverty, too. Yeah. You know, uh, also. Does that mean we have to use it forever now? Does that mean if the science suggests that it's frying the fucking planet, it's just like, well, it did. And uh, if you watch Six Degrees of Separation, you'll see in 1910, a whole city in Chicago was lifted out of poverty by the oil and gas industry. (laughs) So now we have to use it in 2021 for everything and, uh, and, and shut down any attempt to make a switch. It's real like butt rock reasoning, you know? Yeah. As you can see, back in 2000, I married my high school sweetheart. And now I'm, you know what I mean? Like, and now I'm stuck here. And uh, right, I, right. I hate it. And I don't want to do it. But you have to live with her until you die. Darna, let me tell you this. Uh, <laughs> we decided what our oil, our cheap and efficient energy was going to be back in the 1800s. And that's what it's always going to be. <laughs> Uh, lifted people, more people out of poverty. I hate that because people are living in act, like disaster because of the oil and gas industry. You know, not people in America. Although, you know, Louisiana got pretty fucked up by the uh, New Orleans got pretty fucked up by the Deepwater Horizon explosion. And Kentucky got pretty fucked up. The Kentucky mountains. got, yeah, Kentucky got fucked up. Uh, th- but there are places all over the world that are just complete fucking messes because of the oil and gas, because of them. Because you can blame me for buying stuff that makes, that is made with petroleum. You, sure, go ahead and blame me. But I'm not the one that makes everything out of petroleum. <laughs> right. It know? wasn't my decision. <laughs> yeah. God, I would love to not have to buy stuff made out of this stuff that's frying the planet. But f- everything's made with it and everything runs on it. You know, I can't yeah. afford a fucking Tesla that probably also has some bad shit in it. Yeah. He also insists, like, I mean, what are these dirty jobs people? He Like, it's. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to say, but uh, like driving to work, everybody driving to work constantly. There's a lot of changes that need to be made to our economy that don't fit with the micro worldview. You know, um, he wants everybody working 70 hours a week. We need to roll it down to everybody working 25 hours a week, you know? Yeah. And then it slows down the consumption, the consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move to this article that w- where it summed it up Jesus by Emily Christ. Atkin. It's a very long post. What? Red Wizard said there's a place called there's a neighborhood called Cancer Alley near the oil refineries in Texas. Yeah, 
Yeah, I believe it, dude. There's, they, they are simply disastrous for this planet. There's, n there's not a lot good about them. I guess you could say that uh, uh, they have, I guess, lifted people out of property, property? but uh, poverty. Prop. Well, they probably also lifted people out of property. People have probably had to move, yes, from places they grew up in their whole life because of the oil and gas industry. Um, I realize that, uh, uh, okay, so I realize it's a hard thing to, to admit, but the fundamental challenge of feeding a hungry planet could not be met without fossil fuels. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be moving toward cleaner alternatives with all due speed. Okay. We absolutely should. And from what I've seen, we absolutely are <laughs> not with all due speed. <laughs> I don't feel like we're doing it with any speed at all. They're still doing that shit where they're like, we're going to require cars have a mile per gallon of at minimum 25 by 2030. <laughs> yeah, that's they're going to require all passenger vehicles to yeah, to uh have a smaller tank by 2040. But we shouldn't deny the role that fossil fuels play in our daily life or try to divorce ourselves from oil and gas today. Doing so would destroy life as we know it. Agriculture, transportation, healthcare, clothing, textiles, space exploration. One of those is unnecessary, in my opinion. We don't, I've said this before, and I know there's probably a lot of people who love science and shit, but uh, we don't need to be going to space. What? What is there? You know, a lot of stuff. It's like the Wild West. I yeah, okay, but too much stuff. I think is too the much way to get I into. Yeah, I just think it's like there's so much space that it's like. I mean, you're never gonna get to the other side of it. It's you're never gonna get to like the California of space, the West Coast yeah. of space, you know? We did do the westward and went all the way across till we found water. I just don't really fucking know what you're going to get out of space. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, manufacturing. Uh, you can Manufacture space? In space, yeah. Like a zero-gravity environment and stuff. You can do, you can learn all kinds of, well, I mean, maybe tests. if we took all of the factories and the oil and gas industry and put them on Mars, mm -hmm. and then we just went there and got it instead of using it here, I'd be pro that. Okay. I know that's rude, though, because Mars is a place, you know, yeah. with Mar Martians. There's Martians yep. there. <laughs> Even the millions of people currently reading this exchange could not do so without the screens and keypads made possible with petroleum-based products, not to mention an electrical grid powered in most cases by natural gas. Pointing that out is not propaganda, it's just the truth. An inconvenient one, perhaps, but the truth nonetheless. That's a I mean jab. That was a good jab at both Al Gore and Darna. Yep. Which <laughs> got them off. <laughs> He's, yeah, and also also unwilling to spend any time in that sector. Yeah. Unwilling to even investigate or or uh, spend any energy going in that direction or suggesting people change things. Just completely head in the sand. 
This is Darna here. Despite his posturing as a friend of the working class, Roe doesn't have much to say about how the industry mercilessly lays off employees while paying shareholders holders, or that working in the fossil fuel industry comes with notoriously dangerous conditions for workers and long-term health risks. Instead, yeah. he suggests safety concerns are overblown. Now you're concerned with jobs? You mean like the thousands of jobs that evaporated when Keystone was canceled? <laughs> this is Mike. <laughs> He's pissed about Keystone pipeline being canceled. Yeah, and those fracking jobs kill those guys. I mean, they inhale that 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 sand shit, and it fucking dries their lungs out. Yeah, yeah, it's a job that kills people. Right. That again, if we were working very hard to get to the other side of this, if we like. If we like really, if like we worked as hard to get on the other side of this as we do to make fighter jets, we would fucking get there eventually, you know? Um, uh, If you really wanted to shut down all fossil fuel production, you'd be more supportive of supportive of my attempts to help those workers get trained in other areas at micro works that's exactly what we do we assist people who wish to learn a skill that's in demand we do not hold their hands for the rest of their lives or insert ourselves into disputes between labor and management like you know unions yeah regarding safety concerns i've never said they were overblown you have said they were overblown he is he safety third Yes. suggests that they are overblown safety being the third thing in the list when it's supposed to we usually would say safety first back in the day for you people that have never heard this idiom it was safety first and then micro said safety third which if you know how numbers work like how they go in a certain order up then that would make it less important. It's not a priority. Than whatever number one is. Yeah, it's the third priority. When I make something third, it's less of a priority than one. That's just me. That's simple math. I'm fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm like, I am micro. I could be micro. Think so? You know, yeah. Uh, I've only suggested that companies who boast that safety is first put themselves in an awkward rhetorical position with respect to common sense. If safety is truly first, then why ask your people to assume any risk at all? I believe that any effective occupational safety program must emphasize the role of personal responsibility. It's those two words, baby. Those are the words. Those are the words they love. America loves those two words. But I think we're starting to turn the tide into personal responsibility war. You know, I hope. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the entire conservative like foundation. Is what yeah. this is what they always preach about. Everybody doesn't want to take responsibility um, when their job asks them to work super hard in an environment with slippery floors, and then they injure their back forever. Yeah, you know? yeah. My Com- dad injured his back for the, his whole life when he was nineteen years old. He had a horrible back his whole fucking life um, because of safety going to the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah and yeah they 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 don't want you to be safe at work, and they don't care. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. I yeah. Got nothing to say. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, uh, right be- before we go, I want uh, there was another micro thing, and we're gonna talk to Darna on Sunday, so that'll be cool. And again, on the bonus feed on the Street Fight Patreon, uh, you can hear this whole show. The you can hear a commentary, and maybe even watch it we don't know yet but you'll be able to hear a commentary on 
micro show and you know it was pretty funny i thought it was fun we 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 did a good time but micro had another uh uh appearance in the press jesus promoting the show i guess okay i guess he was on fox uh i gotta stop this video before it plays oh i guess it's not gonna play i hope i hope please don't wait is there a mute yeah all right we're as soon as I muted it, it immediately went off mute. Here we go. Micro's new show, Six Degrees with Micro, is premiering on Dis Discovery Channel after debuting on Discovery Plus in January. The Emmy-winning TV show hosts series aims to prove how the world is more connected than we think. <laughs> I like that it's how the world's more connected than we think, where it's just like, it's very connected by fossil fuels. <laughs> <laughs> This world is crazy connected by a few industries that I think you'll love. Meat? Fossil? Because the, the episode we had, like, had basically factory farming. The history of factory farming. And he called uh, Upton Sinclair hysterical. He did call the book The Jungle funny as a joke to make it because it's a bummer. Like, basically, he was saying that Upton Sinclair book's a real bummer. You know, yeah, he the said jungle. the hysterical. Yeah. But a hysteria is usually not... I think he was trying to... It I, think, might I, I think he was been, saying it was overblown. It, yeah. I guess you could be right. You know, which that book is gross. wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's very gross. The former Dirty Jobs star explores major moments in American history and connects the dots with surprising tales and humor. The humor is terrible, by the way. I'm going to tell you, you'll hear it. If yeah. you listen to the bonus feed, but if you don't listen to the bonus feed, not good. Not good humor. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, I mean, I I've, don't think I said it on the show, but before we started, his idea of a joke is just saying, this is Chuck. Chuck likes coffee. And then he just sits there and kind of, everybody's like, <laughs> Chuck, this, it's just like, it's an inside joke for him that it's like, it's not funny, dude. It's like, I know it. I know a guy named Chuck. He's a, he's a real scallywag. And then everybody else is, you know, Chuck is actually secretly a nice guy, I guess. And he's my friend. And I just said something. And every, it's he has the worst, just the oldest sense of humor I've you, ever seen. You did tell a story before we recorded about uh, 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 Metallica. That, that's uh, kind of in that vein that you should you should tell people. Yeah, it, it, I can't explain it. I don't know. But a lot of older people do this. Um, and... James Hetfield does it on the uh, the live album they did, the acoustic album, like two years ago. I can't remember the name Brett's of it. Brett's favorite fucking album. My favorite one. Goddamn acoustic album with Bleeding Me on it. Yes. Yep. I'm digging my way. Yeah. We should have saw... We should have saw the divorce coming when you got really into <laughs> Bleeding Me. Yep. <laughs> Trust me, I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. We got way into Metallica and Megadeth. It's like hmm. still love them. Yeah. Um, so on the on the on there, he does a little bit of banter um, between the songs, and he said he says something about somebody and said, "Well, as my mom would say, they're a little bit different, you know." And, yeah. that's the, and then he laughs. And the whole audience fucking loses it. Like, yeah. it's Sinbad in 1989. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's like, yeah, me, uh, me coming downstairs with like a uh, guy liner on or something as a kid. And then my parents being like, 
well, he's a little different. <laughs> when I would wear my baggy pants yes. to school, my Jinkos. Oh, those pants. Oh, those are huge. That's a little different. That's a little different. And then fucking to that. <laughs> they fucking just killed. It, it's you fucking, roasted his fucking ass. He didn't even know. <laughs> it's Chris Rock bring the pain when when you say that's different. Uh, in the same way, Dirty Jobs reached a lot of people because it dealt with something as universal as work. Six Degrees reaches, I think, has the same potential because it deals with our shared history. I want to rephrase that, though. In the same way, Dirty Jobs reached a lot of people because it dealt with something as universal as work. Six Degrees, I think, has the same potential because it's funded by the oil and gas industry. What? What? No, I'm making that Okay, okay. I was just being goofy. Yeah. I was being a silly goof. I do think it's all... I mean, it it just... The most of the show just reminded me of, like, talking to a 10-year-old. A boring person. A 10-year-old, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, uh, in 1896... Uh, there was a hard tack, and then uh, they had a cook that came in and changed everything. And then that cook, he um, his he changed the way that meat was delivered. And then the meat industry, um, there was football became different because the meat industry. It's just somebody. It's that's what he's doing. And you're just like, are these connected? Are these? I don't see it. Football really. became different because the meat industry. Yeah. That's what he says. He, it's basically it. Yeah, the, the meat industry. And then it's like Wilson from the Castaway movie made footballs. And then, um, fuck, what was it? He Sheep tells the, guts. he tells, the, he also tells stories that you've already heard. If you hang around a conservative guy over 50, he talks about Newt Rockney yeah, with he, the forward pass. Yeah, the for, the Newt Rockney forward pass story does not need to be told again. It just, we've, well, okay. The Newt Rockney forward pass story is going to be told to people forever, for the rest of time, right? It does not have to be on a TV show. No. <laughs> like, that's where it doesn't have to be. It's like, I can see, you know, you're watching football with your kid and you look over at him and you're like, you know, you know, they used to not throw the football like that. They would stop and it was crazy they were very stupid people back then they yeah not know anything they were banging each other's heads with these leather helmets it was something but i've heard hardtack and newt rockney are fucking stories i've been hearing since i was eight right and they're just worthless they don't worthless they don't have to be on a it's not helpful show. information at all it's like public domain music basically <laughs> <laughs> Is really all it is. Yeah. Yeah, He's definitely going to do one where he's going to talk about the guy that uh, jumped backwards over the high high jump or whatever. Yeah. That one where, like, this crazy guy, he leaped over backwards. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, before, before, I, I Googled pole vault. Okay. I Googled the actual thing to see how much they run. For what? Getting over fences? No, for pole vaulting. No. Hell no. Hell no. I was interested. Too, you dream too high. You got to start. You got to try to run first before you do that. <laughs> I know, but I got interested in it. And I was like, well, what's a pole vault run? Is there amateur pole vaulting? Everybody's wanted to do it. You're not afraid of coming down on the stick and impaling yourself? Yeah, I am. But I mean, if you're a person in this audience that never wanted to pole vault, I just don't think there's anybody. I don't think there's another person in this world that didn't want to try to pole vault. I don't yeah. think it's weird that I Googled how much is a pole vault. 
I don't think it's something I think it's something I cross off my list. I think as soon as I went to high school and was like, well, I don't do track and field. Guess I'll never pole vault. <laughs> really? But yeah. You didn't you you wouldn't want to try it though? If Hell I was no, like, I'd rather jump out of an airplane. Well, yeah, I'd like to do that too, dude. That's not uh, Have I, you seen like pole vault? Actually, I wouldn't like to do that. I'm lying about that. That is a fucking lie. I would never want to jump out of a plane. I'm scared enough when I'm just flying on them through the sky. But yeah. It takes an incredible amount of skill. Um, you're going to fall on your fucking head a few times. That pole was going to bend in half and whip you in the fucking back. That's not, I mean. You got to watch pole vault fail videos too. Oh, there's fail videos? <laughs> yeah, then when they get stuck up there or like it, they don't get the right angle and they fall backwards. I think I just assumed that nobody ever failed it. Like, oh, there's <laughs> fails? Actually, I thought everybody got over it. Those poles are expensive, though, dude. I saw a thousand dollar one. Uh, where where are you going to practice at? Are we like rent time at a high school? I mean, I and set up a. You have to buy the air mattress too to land on. That's a good point that you made there. I'm sure there's like a pole vaulting gym. No, if you really want, it's a to completely pole vault. useless skill unless you're in high school. I don't think that anybody does it for fun. You can get a fucking pole vault for three forty three twenty nine. Oh that's God. that's or two eighty four ninety nine, and you can get the Gill Essentials pole vault package, which is the Scholastic pole vault standards, which is all the stuff to do it, and that's seventeen hundred bucks for oh, the whole thing. Cheaper than a gym membership if you count seventeen thirty four months of gym memberships. <laughs> well, I was talking. <laughs> I was saying, though, that there's probably... You go to a gym where people climb walls. Climbing gym yeah, is what they call it. It's for climbing. Yeah, that makes sense. There's got to be a pole vault gym. Like, why wouldn't there be? A track and field gym? You could just go there and... Because I'd like to throw the discus, too, dude. And that heavy thing. I'd like to throw any of those. Shot put? Yeah, I'd love to throw the heavy thing. Um, or the discus... Or I would love to do any of those things that aren't running. There, there would be an ambulance parked out all day for anybody over 30 that tried to throw <laughs> one of those things or pole vault, and they would pull their back immediately. <laughs> and you could rent or a pole slip vault a disc. there for cheaper. Then I just don't understand why pole vaulting isn't like bowling or curling or something like to that effect. It takes an incredible amount of skill that nobody can practice. You can't just, it's not like soccer where you can just, you can't just buy a pole vault and practice. People do it, you know. People. No, people in college and people in high school do it. <laughs> people in the Olympics? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is absurd. I don't know. I just, this is, bothers me for I'm some sorry. reason. I know, it seems to, but I think it sounds, the, the reason... It just sounded interesting, and it was kind of like I started trying to put the whole thing together. Yeah, and I didn't. I wasn't actually planning on buying one, but I did. I'm just saying I searched it to find out how much they cost, which is usually the beginning of me buying something <laughs> that I don't need <laughs> or shouldn't have. But I, I also, I mean, you bring up a lot of good points about like it's gonna, I'm gonna get hurt doing it. Probably, yeah. Where I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe I'll just do discus or shot put. Then, like that seems doable for me. Okay, that seems very doable for for me as a person. I'm typing elderly track and field team. There's <laughs> there's no elderly track and field. I'm googling it. <laughs> yeah, the national senior games. How old do you got to be? 
Um, How old's elderly? I think in track and field, over 30, got to be elderly, That's in my true. opinion. That's like, true. You're not going to be doing that shit. Um, can't find the numbers here. I looked up discus. You can get a discus for 60 bucks. Yeah, I guess that's a fun exercise. Or 45 bucks. Yeah, maybe I'll get a discus, you know? Uh, but anyway. Uh, for Groupon for pole vaulting. Is there? No. Oh, I was going to say, let's fucking do it, dude. Let's just fucking do it. It's probably outdoors. That's something. <laughs> you choose, you choose, I mean, you like to, you just choose impossible dreams. Like, <laughs> choose that, you choose things that aren't practical or that you can't actually do. Yeah. It's, here's, let me tell you what this person opens up with. A combination of gymnastics, weightlifting, sprinting, and jumping. Pole vaulting is one of the most technically demanding events in athletics. Okay. Oh, that's true. This actually, when you sit and really, like, really start to think about it, it's like you got this long stick, you got to run and stick it in this little hole. Yep. And then fly over this thing. So you're right. It is hard. But I just wanted to see what it runs to get involved with pole vaulting. Like, what kind of money it would cost to get involved with pole vaulting. And I kind of uh, thought, like... I'm going to tell you, get on... Um Get on YouTube. Try look. Just type in "trying pole vault" for the first time. There's a bunch of shit in there. Okay, I will Save it for another day. Rose Show incorporates animation and puppets and weird green screen reenactments with actors and costumes in the hopes of making history more interesting and digestible for viewers. Boy, it'd be really nice if he put some history in it, like something that was worth knowing. <laughs> The producer has been traveling around the country throughout the pandemic, filming and meeting people from different walks of life. He offered his opinion on the minimum wage debate that has Congress deadlock. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He listen, listen. Maybe he has a great opinion on minimum wage. Oh, really? You know, maybe Mike, this is the one place where we agree with. Actually, we agree with him that like plumbing is a good job yeah you know what i mean there like, is, and there is a skills gap there is for some industries uh and some some things it's they don't they ask they require too much and it isn't easy i don't think it's easy to just get into that stuff yeah they make it very hard to but they make it super hard to get like apprenticeships too right because fuck dude would i be doing street fight if i had been able to get on as like a fucking tradesperson, you know what I mean? And, 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 you know, got the apprenticeship and learned how to do it. And then I, I mean, those jobs pay good fucking money. Yeah. That oh, one lineman that from like North Dakota that I used to email with, he was getting paid like 40 bucks an hour and said they were constantly trying to get people to sign up. Yeah. Or like pipe fitters. Yeah. But like you just, I remember maybe it's easier now. In that, like, you can search it on yeah. the internet. But back when we were younger, dude, that just seemed, I mean, it seemed well, like doing something like that to me, and maybe that seemed exactly the same as, like, trying to be a fucking rock star. Yeah. When no one would let you, too. Like, they were like, no, you don't want to do that. You want to go to college. And it's yes. like, no, I don't think college is going to work. I fucking hate school. <laughs> and I'm very not into paying attention to anything. Ever. Yes. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to sit down and for eight hours and then go home and do write a report. What if I go to college to be a pipe fitter? Yeah. 
How about an electrician college? <laughs> yeah. Can we do that? You know, I've told you, I've, I've probably sat on the show a million fucking times. My dad wouldn't let me go to vocational school, yeah. which would have been, that's the road to getting into something like yeah. that. Yeah. It, especially for bad kids. Yeah. Like, that was, like, totally, like... That was a place that the bad kids would go to and they would actually like not really get in trouble because they were learning how to work on cars or something that they were interested in. Right. You know, but, you know, my dad thought it was a loser place, so I didn't get to go. Yeah, he thought his son was a real winner. (laughs) Yeah, that fucking sucks, man. I could have been a car mechanic, dude. That wouldn't. That's not out of the realm. That's not out of my skill set. I'm a fucking smart guy. You know, uh, I want everyone who works hard and plays fair to prosper. Rose said, uh, Hey, you know, uh, I would actually want everybody to prosper. Like that's what I want. Cause I, I do feel like the alternative to prosper is misery. And, uh, I don't want anybody to have to go through that. Sure. I don't fucking care what, scuzzy shit they do their personal responsibility yeah yeah i don't i like don't care if they sit around their house and smoke cigarettes and pick their ass all day i still think they should get to like eat food and live inside and you know what i mean yeah absolutely. (laughs) i want everybody to be able to support themselves but if you just pull the money out of midair you're going to create other problems which let me just say this you wouldn't be pulling the money out of midair you would be paying people for the work that they're doing that money isn't coming from like nowhere right it's money in a lot of industries that are raking in fucking money you know like mcdonald's is like a really great example like you can look at their profit sheets and shit and then you're like well you could actually afford to pay people more yeah and then also profit. Like yeah. they could afford that. If if the person that running McDonald's was okay with just making one million dollars a year, you know, so, like you know, this here's me my angry commie rant. They only get one million dollars. Uh yeah, then everybody else could also have a fucking twenty dollar an hour job. Yeah. The money is there. Yeah, the money is there and is deserved. And they're they're making it too. They're they are generating the money. Yeah. The pro I mean, profit is just profit. It's like like that isn't even the CEO compensation and shit is paid out of that. Yeah. You know, profit is just surplus labor. It's off the backs of what the people are doing. That's just a bunch of a big pile of fucking money that you can't have, even though you were the one making the hamburgers and filling up the cherry Cokes. Yeah. And, and, and the prices of everything has gone fucking up. Like McDonald's is charging more for their food now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've been like stopping to get fast food and it's like, this is $9 every time. I, know. I always thought it, I always, I came here cause I thought I was going to spend $5. Yeah. That, but that is also like back when I was a kid, yeah. you used to be able to get shit for a nickel because I'm, I remember it is. I, I fucking was able to get value meals for two ninety nine, maybe yeah. even less than that. But I, I remember you were able to get like the regular size, like uh, Big Mac combo meal for like two ninety nine, and it would just or they would do like ninety nine cent Big Macs. It's like, 
what do they do now? Like two, three dollars? They probably don't do ninety-nine cent ones anymore. Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. I mean, um, ninety-nine cent whoppers they would do, and I'd be we would eat whoppers all the time. You know. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I mean, I just think it's what a disgusting piece of shit that looks at the minimum wage debate. And sees that people are still making the same amount of, like, still getting paid the same amount as, like, fucking 2005 or whatever. It hasn't moved at all. Yeah. Uh, But if you just pull the money out of midair, you're going to create other problems. Like, there is a ladder of success that people climb. And some of those jobs that are out there for seven, eight, nine dollars an hour, in my view, they're simply not intended to be careers. They're not intended to be full-time jobs. They're rungs on a ladder. Somebody has to do them. and, And you want... What you want? You want anybody that has to do that job to struggle? Is that to put a fire under their ass? Is that supposed to make them be personally responsible and be like, "Oh no, only bottom feeders do this job. I'll and simply move up. I'll simply move up the ladder, and everybody gets to move up the ladder because there's a lot of room at the top for all of us." What's the next job up? What is this other job yeah. you're supposed to be getting? Spreadsheet job. Yeah. Oh, you're. But he isn't. You're right. He's he not hates into spreadsheet jobs yeah. too. You're right. You know? Yeah, he's really just painted you into a corner where it's like, no, you you change oil, you get paid $8. That's it. TV host. That's the next job. TV up. host, yeah. It's like, oh, why don't you become a celebrity chef if you work at McDonald's? Why don't you try that? Um, I guess that would be his, too. That, would, that does make sense. Take this McDonald's experience, go to a restaurant that pays more, become the best chef in the city. That's just not. <laughs> I don't know. Also I mean, there's just yeah, doable. And even there's, you cannot even live on fi- like fifteen dollars an hour. You're probably going to be doing other stuff to make money. Yeah, that's the world that we live in. It's you know, in some places it goes a little farther, um, but minimum wage right now is just means you have to either you have to do illegal shit, you have to rob, steal, work, sell drugs, work three jobs. Or work three jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And they won't even give you, they won't even give you full-time jobs anymore, too. I know. You got to work three part-time. You're working three 22-hour-a-week jobs. Yeah. Exactly. That all have their own demands, too. That you're then being torn in pieces by three different bosses that you have to deal with in your life. Or, like, you know, it's like I get off my shift at Applebee's and then I fucking jump in my car and uh, turn on the Uber app. Yep. And yep. go drive that all fucking night to, yep. to make my rent. You know? Yeah. And, and this is like, so you are literally advocating for a lower class. Like you are literally advocating for people that are struggling to get by, that are always living in in scarcity. And, uh, and their entire lives are dictated by the oil and gas industry, by big business. They... They have to chase jobs. They have to move out of places if they want to be redeveloped. It's you are a fucking monster, Micro. Yeah. I wish I, if you, if well, you here's ever hear his, this, you're a fucking monster. Here's more of his explanation Those jobs are ways for people to get experience in the workforce doing a thing that might not necessarily pay you as much as you'd like, but nevertheless serves a real purpose, he added. Let me say this, though. He acts like it's the amateurs. Lee, oh, you know, you have to go work at one of these horrible places for $9 an hour or $7 an hour. And it's like, you know what, dude? I would fucking buy that if everybody had to do that. But not everybody has to do that. 
You're Only right. certain people have to do that. That then are stuck in a cycle of shit, you know, that is almost, a, that is quicksand that is very hard to get out of. You know, we said it early in the show, uh, uh, but I see me not being in that world, not as me making it out of a thing, but as me being kicked out of a thing. You know what I mean? Out of like the working world, like we see it as th- that we washed out yeah. of of capitalism and this is just, we got lucky and this is what we do, yeah. you know? But like, I, I think that like, I felt like I was drowning the whole time I was working. And, you know, when I was making $15 an hour to, to do cable, I mean... In Mike Rowe's world, I should have been making a lot more money. I think even starting out at nine fifty, and I started out at nine fifty an hour at that fucking job. Yeah, you know. So for five or six years, I was making less than fifteen dollars an hour. I was making way less than fifteen dollars an hour, and like I wasn't like getting fairly compensated for my time or my money, and like this was supposed to be. The dream job, or let's talk about construction, right? Where it's like, well, maybe you should do construction. Okay, what jobs are there? Well, you can be a roofer. How much does roofing pay? Minimum wage, you know, or just above minimum wage. I made $9.50 an hour when I did that too, you know? And it's just like, there's so many things that he adds on top of, of, like the requirements for being a person in this world, you know? Oh yeah. And I just, I hate him for it, you know? Yeah. And I also, um, I also absolutely picture a fucking world where you could go to a restaurant and somebody is that works there a really long time and likes doing it. You know, I saw Mags McClue post about, um, wanting to work as a barista because they worked there for like several years and watched like kids go from being 10 to like graduating high school and shit. And there was people come in every single day. You, there's people you see every single day. And that's a rewarding communal good experience that in, in providing a service. I don't see why it's like, well, if you, if you, if you're going to choose to just give coffee to people in the morning, you should live in hell. You know, it's like, why, yeah. why not? Why can't you just retire on that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, dude. Why don't you have a house in retirement? We've talked about it, but like I only got out of working at pizza shops and shit because I couldn't live on the money that you make at a fucking pizza shop. I fucking loved working at the pizza shop. Yeah. I also love my dishwashing job at the golf club. I loved that fucking job. I was also very proud of the way I drove a forklift and put boxes away and could stack and the numbers I could hit. But then they're like, you know, you've worked here for four years now. You get a quarter raise. You get 25 cents an hour raise, you know, you're and then you do. And then you, you're like doing the math and you're thinking you're going to get like 30 bucks or 40 bucks extra a a month. And it's like, oh, wait, you're going to get taxed on that too. You get, there's 20 extra dollars a month. Make it work. Yeah. That's what my wife just got a raise. And it was one of the highest merit increases you could get. And we did the math and it's like $40 a month. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> she's been at this place for 20, almost 25 years. 
at this place. And they they fucking give you $40 a month. I worry that the path to a skill trade can be compromised when you offer an artificially high wage for, I hate the expression, but an unskilled job. Oh, God. So, to me, the he brightest... Doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know the meaning of the word. Yeah. Unskilled job. There he, is. It doesn't exist. And I agree. Every job's a fucking skill. It doesn't matter what you do. I can't think of a job that's not a skill. Cop. They always... <laughs> they all require a specific set of knowledge that is only you can do. Only, only you can do. You can't just plug somebody in. Like, you couldn't walk into McDonald's and work there today. No. You know what I mean? Without any of the, without any training at all, you couldn't just walk in and be like, I'm making hamburgers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, you're making hamburgers. You can't do that. Yeah, or know how to pace the pace the food uh so that it gets out and all doesn't all come out at the same time or the amounts that you put on the i mean yeah. there's very specific amounts of food that goes on the burgers yeah there's very specific amount of like the condiments and you know uh how to drop fries when you're supposed to drop fries you know what yeah. i mean like i worked there I honest, I worked there, and I don't think I could walk in and work at McDonald's now. <laughs> like I don't, I might be able to, yeah, because I just remember the kind of the process. But I mean, that I would be willing to. I couldn't. But here's here's something: I couldn't walk into Burger King and work. Yeah, or Wendy's. I couldn't because they do things completely different from McDonald's. But this is unskilled. It's all fucking unskilled work. Anybody can people. do this. Yeah, yeah, anybody can do this. I mean, I, I just, I I can't believe that this, this. So to me, the brightest line needs to be drawn between skilled and unskilled work. We need to encourage more people to learn a skill that's actually in demand, he said. How is working at Target not in demand? Like, I think working at Target's in demand. They always have a now hiring sign at the front of the place. They always have a now hiring sign at Taco Bell and at McDonald's and at fucking any of these jobs that you would call a minimum wage job are in demand. How many times have you gone into a fucking waffle? We talked about this on Sunday, right? You that Like, how many times have you gone to a Waffle House and somebody didn't show up for a shift and one fucking person was running the whole shift? Like, these jobs are, like, in, like... Like that, that like these are jobs that need to get done. Like we we don't have enough people to even do the ones that are happening now. Yeah, you know. And this is like that Republican ass shit where they make all these rules to fuck up the post office, and they're like, you can't do, you can't have, you can't just artificially change the price for sending mail. You fucked it up. The post office lost all this money. It's because the where Republicans decided to do with it. I feel this is the same where it's like, you know, uh. You know, I hate the service at all. I hate the service at fast food. Um, you know, the people are idiots. It's unskilled. Um, you know, they don't deserve anything. But if you could go to your job at McDonald's and not have to worry about making ends meet, you might get better service. I think if somebody went to McDonald's and didn't have to call Wick on the phone to get like free peanut butter, uh, that's women, infants, and children. I don't know if Ohio has that, but it's like a supplemental program from the government. M- McDonald's makes profit and then also distributes lit- literature about snap benefits to their employees. Yes. And so if you're in that kind of a situation, if you're working for 40, 50 hours and you know, your check is going to be under $400 for the week. 
Um, how the fuck are you supposed to focus on your job? And like he said, nobody's supposed to be here for a long time. Nobody's supposed to fucking, nobody's supposed to, to think of it that they, that this is a career. So you have just people that are temporarily there that don't want to be there, that don't give a fuck. And you have constant turnover. And the whole thing is a clusterfuck. Why would easily- you care? Yeah. Like, I can't think of a reason to care at McDonald's. I can't. I worked there for three months when I was in high school. And if I'm not going to, if I'm not intended to stay here, then I don't give a shit about this place. I'm not invested at all. In this place. And that's another thing with like wages. If you pay more, people are invested. People will want to work there. It will attract people too to working at this place. Yeah. You know, that maybe it wouldn't have attracted before. Yeah. Instead, you've decided you only, you, you'll only pay $8 an hour to get this thing done. And so you just funnel people through the door and fucking use them up and then kick them out. Right. So you take the people who are, Maybe people that are really good at the job and they come in there and they are supposed to understand from the day they get there that you're not going to make a career here. Yeah. You know what I mean? They walk through that door on the first day. It doesn't matter how fucking good you are at the job. You're it, It's not going to matter it, to anybody. Really, you're, you might not get noticed at all, number one. And uh, usually you got to snitch on people. To uh, uh, move up in any company. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's going to tie people out. But if you paid people a living wage, the other reason the service would get better there is because people would work there longer. Yeah. And that's just that that they all become good at their job. They would have skills. You know? Getting very fucking pissed off at the people in the drive, at the, uh, at the person running the drive through at the person uh, uh, on the speaker. For not like understanding what you're saying or not getting a part of your order right is so fucking unfair because that person's probably worked there. That was the first job I did at McDonald's. When I first started there, the first thing I did was drive through the second window. I did second drive through window. Okay. And then I moved up, didn't get paid more or anything, but then to the back drive through window. And most of the time when you hear people complain about McDonald's, it's a drive through That's the newest employees at the fucking McDonald's. You know? Mm-hmm. And we're just pissed off at them. They're giving shit equipment. Those headsets fucking suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, the a cash register is not just something that you can walk in and there's picture... <laughs> like, there's not just a picture of a Big Mac on a thing and then you press that and then you press... the money sign and then you're like oh that's what it is you know it's some person screaming at you through a shitty speaker and you're trying to find the button on the fucking cash register to do the thing while you collect money from the person that's sitting out of the window and fucking screaming about at you about some thing or another and then you just do that all night until like 11 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning and then don't even get me started about at two o'clock in the morning when they only staff the places with one person. And you drive by on a fucking Thursday, Friday, or Saturday and look at the line reaching out into the fucking street because one or two people are working at McDonald's in the middle of the night because you can't fucking pay them $17 an hour to do it, even though it would be no skin off the company's back. 
Yep. That's the show. That's Mike Rowe. Fuck Mike Rowe. And uh, hey, you know, we did it. We did a Mike Rowe show. Tell all your friends to come and check it out. You know, come for the uh, Jason's fart at the beginning and stay for the Mike Rowe analysis. It's great. Thanks for listening to what we do here and support us as always on Patreon.com. Um, I will see you on Sunday. Peace. There's never any doubts in my mind because I'm the best in the world. Even though a lot of you don't like to hear it, I just, it's facts. I'm the best. You know what I mean? I sometimes I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. And I'm just convinced, you know what I mean? These fellas, I didn't challenge me with their somewhat prim- primitive skills. They're just as good as dead. Slam Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some boss shit I put that president on my wrist and I got frosty Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost you Slow on the hair and I don't sell them bitches too often Man, my jewelry like some laser beams Step out with your lady, shoot some babies on a Maybelline Overdoses total, cut the cocoa with the ketamine Dope and ibuprofen in my bowl, I got them recipes Boss shit, shoot her like stuff I just hit for three and I wasn't even looking Your favorite rapper just hit the stage, little bitch, you bout to book em. Bitches in love, but just keep the pussy, I just keep it pushing. My baby mamas knew the job was crooked before they took it Can't Train records, bitch, we running shit. Just touch down in the airport, Louis V backpack full of them hundreds, bitch. Cleaning that McQueen hoe, I'm a gangster, not no lover, bitch. Grammy at the party, bitch, we rock it like we won a bitch. Ball shit. Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some ball shit. I put that president on my wrist and I got frosted. Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost shit. CEO Rabbit, Young Freddy Kane, I'm on some ball shit. Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some ball shit. I put that president on my wrist and I got frosted. Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost shit. Pull up to your funeral room and shoot up your fucking car. Blow your house up with that hundred drum No hot 100, I'm a hot boy with some murder one Cash money came, big number my son and you my youngest son See my first crackhead like that Beamer back in 91 I've been on the blazes, you fuckers rockin' the Gumby phase Fuckin' up my gut with this active, it's like some lemonade Bitches big VL, if you violate, you a renegade Know them trigger fingers ain't after type on your Twitter page Freddy Krueger, P90 Ruger, I'm creeping on them Niggas say they ain't losing sleep, tell them I'm sleeping on them Got heavy traffic, the neighbors might call the people on them Surround your car with their eyes, I put the Reaper on them Death wish, Cruising with that automatic shot, yeah, that's a death kiss Niggas be pulling through, so I aim up with a neck, bitch Fly with it on me, I got my Vicky on the jet, bitch Ready to set it off, and I put that on the set, bitch Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some boss shit I put that president on my wrist, and I got frosted Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost shit CEO Rabbit, Young Freddy Kane, I'm on some boss shit Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some boss shit I put that president on my wrist and I got frosted Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost shit Pull up to your funeral room and shoot up your fucking car Don't violate